Hey there, listeners. I am trying to give you national land gear. Submit a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, good, bad, or in between. We'll be reading these reviews on the next podcast and picking our favorite. We'll be selecting the winner in March of 2023, and we will base the winner on enthusiasm and originality. So be sure to submit those reviews on Apple Podcasts. Episode number 31 of the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. In this episode, I'm talking with Trey McCauley out of Lexington, Kentucky, about what land professionals bring to the table and why you want to work with one. Land professionals, land agents, or any other name you might hear are specialists who work with land as opposed to residential real estate. These specialists come with a variety of backgrounds and their focus is on land, whether it be recreational, hunting tracks, farms, or ranches. Their skills are indispensable to landowners or prospective buyers. We'll give you some insight on how they work. Now sit back and enjoy. I am sitting here with Trey McCallie out of Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, really, um, you know, we're, we're kind of going into sort of what land agents do and why you want to work with one, which is sort of a basic, I want to call it a basic concept, but like, I think a lot of people just don't, haven't worked with one, like a specific, you know, it's it's a real estate agent, but specializes in land. Um, but, but Trey, tell me, you know, how did you end up with national land and how did you end up specializing with land in the first place? Well, I traditionally been a residential agent for probably 13 or 14 years. And I got a call off of LinkedIn from this guy named Logan Eaton, who's our, who's our vice president of, uh, of sales. And he told, you know, we talked for a while and he told me a little bit of the national land uh, story. And I was definitely intrigued. I had never really focused in on something like that being a traditionally residential agent. Um, but, and then, um, he and Jason did a presentation for me. Um, I'm a Virginia Tech fan, so they were getting ready to play Clemson that week. So I, uh, I got a little, there was a little orange on that video that day, giving me a hard time. And then Clemson pulled it out, but I still still continue to talk with those guys. But it was just a really intriguing concept for me where, you know, where I sit in Kentucky. I mean, Lexington's a nice mid-sized city, but five minutes out the door, we have tremendous, you know, horse farms and land resources and timber and recreational. So I knew that there would be a huge, huge opportunity in Kentucky. And um, it just seemed like the next step in my career. Yeah. And that's, and it's a unique circumstance because a lot of the people I know that we recruit are, are specifically in land. And so, you know, jumping, jumping with you with, from the residential perspective, what was the biggest difference to you as far as like, you, you've got to shift your paradigm a little bit when you, when you look at, you know, specifically land as opposed to residential, um, you know, what, what was that shift like for you? Well, I think, you know, coming from residential MLS business, there are a ton of rules. There's a ton of documentation. There's a ton of disclosures. And once I stepped out of, out of that world, I mean, we still have all the ethics of the national association of realtors and things like that, 
but land in Kentucky is kind of the wild, wild west a little bit. I mean, we'll go out on my, me and my team will go out on listings and, you know, they don't have a survey. They inherited the land from their grandfather. So sometimes there's a lot of research to be done. And some of the more rural counties, none of that information is online. So we've had some some fun road trips to different courthouses and property evaluation administrators here in Kentucky, because you can't just pull it up on your computer. You've actually physically got to, got to go there and, and find, find the info. So I think that was the biggest change. Um, you know, being able to market it for land from a national perspective uh, was, was a, was a big difference as well. I mean, obviously our MLS goes up on Zillow and residential listings go up there, but you know, residential real- realtors typically market themselves in their, in their local area. Yeah. And that's, and it, you know, it, it seems, and this is where, you know, it's good to talk to you just coming from that background, but the, the life cycle of a transaction is, is much longer with land, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of going out and touring, you know, 10 properties in a day or whatever, checking out houses, you are one and, and it could take you all day. It could take two days to tour a good side. Got to get the side by side out there and, you know, have your boots on and be ready to maybe climb some fences or, you know, what, what, avoid animals or whatever, whatever it is. But yeah, I think um, residential is such a faster sales cycle. 30, 45 days we're closing 30, 45 days we're closing, but in the commercial and land world, it's, it's a, it's a different pace of life. Uh, lots of due diligence up front. The due diligence periods are usually longer because it takes a while for us to get a surveyor in or a soil survey or, or whatever that is. So yeah, it is, it is, that is a definite pace and mindset shift. And then you spoke to something as far as like, you know, land in Kentucky being, being the wild, wild West. And, and I think that it goes this way in several, I mean, I would say a majority of the States when you're talking about yeah. land where, where you have land that deals were done on handshakes, you know, a hundred years ago, and you can't find that in papers. And what we're talking about is, is like conveyances that were done in the past, things like yep. that. What are you typically looking for that, that, you know, even a landowner might not know that they have, you know, what, what's the, what's the typical things that you find that are hangups in, in that process? Well, I think just, you know, verifying things through deeds, going to the courthouse and doing the research Our um, our tax billing guy in Kentucky is called a property valuation administrator and they have one in every county but obviously in the rural like in Fayette County where Lexington is they have a staff of 20 but in McCreary County Kentucky they have probably one one guy and so those those sources of information are usually uh, very knowledgeable even if something's not documented they, they they may know about it and be able to tell the story of the property behind there um, and, you know, obviously online we have, you know, National Land has tons of resources online for us to at least get a good idea of the property before we talk, start talking to the seller. But, yeah, there can be some hangups. I mean, we've got a really good title partner here in Kentucky uh, named Bridge Trust Title, and they we've, we've given them some challenging, challenging deals, and they have done a great job searching the title and getting everybody comfortable to be able to close on the property. But, yeah, there's a lot of properties that, you know, somebody's grandfather traded with another grandfather, 20 acres. It was a handshake agreement and that's all you needed back then. And, um, but you know, when we need to, to record that document that we just don't have that documentation. So sometimes it takes a little skill to, to hone in and, and, and find, you know, make everybody buyer and seller comfortable before they transfer the property. 
Yeah. And so, and you mentioned some challenging deals, what, and, and, you know, obviously without going into any like confidentiality or anything, but right. like, what makes, what makes a particular deal challenging or maybe a couple examples? Cause obviously what makes sure. challenging changes every time you get a new deal. Yeah. Lately, our team has run into a lot of properties that have no survey on them. And sometimes there's some ways around that, but if there's bank financing involved or, the title company wants to do a you know a certain kind of title insurance we've got to have a survey and and once you get to a certain amount of acreage surveys can be very expensive and we've had to negotiate that with with seller and buyer uh, we had a seller recently that just didn't have i mean they were going to make their money off their land because i think it was inherited but they absolutely didn't have the money to uh, to, to, you know, pay thousands of dollars for, a, for a survey. So that's, that's kind of one of our hangups. We've done some, um, some deed plat surveys through the title company, which is using deeds to kind of draw the picture of what the survey should look like. And, you know, I, I could show you some titles too, that are, you know, they literally are like the guy, Max sleeping against the pole turn, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally like things that may not even be there anymore that they're using to, to try to give us a legal description. So some of it's kind of, kind of comical, but yeah, I think, you know, just, just trying to drill down on what exactly it is. I mean, cause we, we had one the other day with Billy Hackworth that, you know, we weren't even really sure what we were trying to sell. And he was just trying to drill down on that with the seller and the title company. So that can be a challenge. You mean like as far as like it's an old survey where they were supposed to use sort of like a meets and bounds description, but you know the, uh, the tree that you identified. There's no survey. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's no survey. Okay. There's no survey. I mean, that's the thing. We we don't we don't have a survey. Like, and you know, t t all kidding aside, I mean, our our PVAs use the PVA map is usually pretty close, and we can, but it's not a legal survey. So if you know the buyer's lender is a set is. Um, you know, requiring a survey, then, you know, we've got to, we've got to negotiate that uh, with buyer and seller, but yeah, sometimes we just don't have any, any survey. We have a general idea of where the land is. Um, and then sometimes we also have sellers that are cutting off, a, you know, cutting off 20 acres off a 500 acre track. And so they just think they can draw a line there and then sell that to the buyer. And, you know, the, the title company, the lender usually have different ideas on that. So, I mean, that, those can be the, the challenge is just verifying what we're trying to sell. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and that's kind of going back to the, the comparison gets made a lot. And we make that a lot on this, on this podcast is, is, you know, the tools at the disposal or the knowledge at the disposal of somebody who specifies in land. And, you know, we, we use the term land professional, but right. industry wide, like we're just talking about a real estate agent, you know, it, a, a real estate agent can sell land, can sell, you know, commercial can sell, you know, those kind of types of things, but there's certain designations that you can have to enhance those credentials and stuff. But at the end of it, we're talking about real estate and it's easy to say, you know, I know somebody that works in real estate. I'm going to work with this <laughs> land deal with them. And then they're going to, and they, yeah. they bring somebody on that, you know, sells specifically residential houses and, right. and, you know, you've been there, right. And, yeah. and they go and they sell a ranch and they have absolutely no idea, like, you know, they probably don't have to go back into, into records, you know, a hundred years to look at conveyances to see if you still have mineral rights or something like that. Right. 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 Yeah. There's, there's definitely some challenges there. And, and, and I mean, we're ethically required to, you know, throw our hands up if, you know, you don't want me selling you an industrial property. Cause I don't, you know, I have zero knowledge of that. And, you know, I, I, I had sold some land in my residential career, but I mean, there definitely has been a great, 
learning curve with national land. I mean, we, you know, I, I had a cattle farm here in Kentucky and was having some challenges with it and, you know, was recommended to one of our brokers in South Carolina that, you know, was the cattle farm expert. So our whole company leans on each other to, you know, the guys in the Midwest are the farmland expert experts. That's who, that's who I would call for that. So we really have a nice, uh, wide array of talent and the, and the, the guys all over the guys and girls all over the country are always willing to share and, and, and help you when you, you know, maybe running up against something that you're not as experienced at. Yeah. So, and just from, from my background in small towns and, and I come from an area that's, that's very, very, you know, town I grew up in had 500 whole people. Um, right. And it, things that, that, that I notice out of, out of towns like that are, are there's a suspicion, right. Of, yep. of uh, you know, if you come into the area or you're making an introduction I, I mean, you know, my favorite thing to talk about is I, I went back home once and there was somebody that I grew up with. And like from the time we were 13, I moved to that area and right. back a few years after graduation. And I was like, hey, how's it going? And they just looked at me and like long pause and they leaned in. And they're like, You're not from here anymore. <laughs> I didn't know I could take that back, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know that could stop ever. I mean, I'm always from here, but I'm yeah, always kind of. But but there's there's an insulation there and it's hard to as as you meet new people and as you gauge it um you know people being comfortable with with somebody who is working and like potentially selling their land because people are protective land means a lot to people and Um, yeah front door and so so educating them on on Hey, you might know like a real estate agent, but land agent's going to help you out a lot better. And then you might not know yeah. them up front, but so I guess that, you know, this is like a really meandering way to get there. But <laughs> what I wanted to ask you was, what are the things that a landowner wants to target or wants, wants a land agent to have or knowledge or skill sets? What are they looking for um, so that they can evaluate? Yeah. Well, and I was, I was laughing about your comment about your hometown, because in Kentucky, they look at you and say, y'all ain't from around here, are you? And they, <laughs> and they can tell that in, in two seconds. My cattle farm client was a salt of the earth guy, but he took me one day we were looking around at his land and then he's like, I'm, I'm going to take you to lunch. And he took me to lunch at the local Greasy Spoon, which had about 10 guys in there. And they all look like they probably ate their ate lunch there every day. So as soon as I walked in with my national land shirt on, the whole place was was staring at me. And he introduced me to everybody and they and they were nice, but that you could definitely tell the eyeballs in the room as soon as I stepped plate, because because that town probably like it was probably like your hometown, it probably had like five hundred people. So they knew I wasn't from around there. But um <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think the the people that I've met to go talk to about listing their land, they want to know that they can trust you. Um, I think they like it when you, when you take it slow and I always try to, you know, let the client be the, be the God and, you know, or, or I'm sorry, the client be the star of the show. And I, I try to make, you know, make sure they know that I'm the guide. Um, so I think build, you know, building that relationship, cause you're right. This could be, you know, I listed one that had been in the family since the, I think early 1800s. So it had been their family a long time. They were nervous about selling it. They wanted to do the right thing for the legacy of their family. And so those are important things to understand, but I also think they want marketing. I mean, they, they want the property to, to be presented well. They want, you know, 
I, I've always told sellers that I think it's really important to have a really realistic preview of the land so you don't get 600 people coming to look at it. You know, they could, they can do a flyover or a land tour 360 or drone video and people have a pretty good idea of what they're coming to look at long, long before they do. And I think that brings us more serious prospects. I think our website getting, you know, I think they said at our summit last week, we had a hundred thousand hits a month. I mean, I think we're getting eyeballs all over the country and the world. Um, you know, and, and I think they, you know, they want us to do the right things for them and they want us to put together a marketing plan and a, and a package that they can be, you know, comfortable with. I, th I think those are the really important things and make good suggestions to them. Be, be an advisor to them because some of the people we're talking to own thousands and thousands of acres and, and they could be a really good relationship for us. But, you know, we've got to, you know, some people will list their 25 acre track before they give you the big track. So I think it's important for us to, you know, be there every step of the way, no matter, no matter what it is. You know, you spoke to something just, just then about <clears throat> as far as one trust, but the two, like the type of relationship it is, mm -hmm. how often are you communicating with not just, you know, a seller after that, you know, you, you exit the transaction, but the new land buyer or land buyers in your area, even when it doesn't involve a transaction where they're asking you about local resources, surveyors, things like that. Is that pretty typical? Yeah, I try to tell people at the closing that this is not the last time you're going to see or hear from me because I'm not a transactional agent. And I want all my guys here in Kentucky to maintain relationships with people because that's a first of all, it's a great source of referrals for us. But, um, you know, people do need things that they need a good attorney. They need a, a guy that can cut the hay that, you know, that they you know need a good fence guy. I mean, so there's all kinds of contractors that we have that we can help them with. We try to do some touches every quarter to our, to our past clients. Um, but I, you know, we think that's really important. A phone call every now and then, a, you know, a Christmas or a birthday card. I mean, I, I've had some clients say, I never thought I'd hear from you this much, this much again, because none of the other realtors that we've ever worked with have, have followed up like this. But I, I think that's really important and it drives a lot of things for us and it shows our value to the, to the client. That's always one thing. And that's something that, you know, I, I was familiar with, with residential fairly well before, you know, coming on board with national land. And, and it's something that I've gotten my head around as I've been here a while now that, uh, when, when you look at like a, a residential relationship and I, I, I worked with a, I have a, uh, agent here in, in my area in Idaho that I've used a couple times now and right. the guy's amazing. But yep. residential tends to be more transactional. Like you, you go yep. in, you do the negotiation process, you buy the new house and agent is out because residential is a volume business. It's usually, yep. um, you know, faster, you know, faster transaction cycle. The, the house hits the market, it's gone. And then you move on to the next deal and you then they're working on like 20 other deals at the same time. They don't have time to follow yep. up land That's is right. slower. And we really act as land consultants where you have this Rolodex of resources that's always kind of there. So it's, it's yeah. sort of a longer term thing. It is a relationship, right? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we could have, we could have, I mean, cause we try to get listings for, for a year or two, you know, depending on the complexity of the, of the sale and the complexity of the, of the tract, we, you know, our, our listing agreement can be for, for a while, but yeah, those, we, we feel those relationships are, are, are super important and we don't want to just drop somebody as soon as the, closings over. Yeah. Well, and so how important is it that, that, and 
somebody finds somebody that that specializes in a specific area versus um, somebody who knows the right people. I mean, is there a difference or, you know, cause, cause not everybody's a forester, right? No, um, I'm, I'm definitely not. Right. So, so is it just that you have a steep Rolodex of people that you refer to, or is, I mean, is that where the effectiveness lies? Yeah, I think in, in my time here, um, you know, I've, I've asked, cause we have some foresters by trade on our sales team at, at national land. And so I've asked them a lot of questions cause I've had some, good timber tracks that I'm trying to sell. So I've asked those guys lots of questions. We had a class here in Lexington that uh, Ronnie Richardson put on for us. And we had two of the foresters come and, and, and teach us some basics at least so we could, we could sound, sound intelligent. But yeah, I think, you know, it's really important for us to admit what we're good at and then have resources for what we're, what we're not good at. And I, you know, I, I come more from the, the sales side than, than anything else. So, there are lots of land resources that I've developed over my time here uh, to, to help our clients. But yeah, I, th- I think that's very important. But, and I think the network, like you said, who, you know, I think, I think that's important too. Cause you know, we can, we can get the properties out there to some, you know, cause I have lots of timber guys that have contacted me. So if I get a timber listing, I've got a whole list of timber guys that I can send it to that have been looking at timber in, in Kentucky. What have you found that in your area that has been, the most important way to get a listing seen, you know, everyone's got their own marketing ideas and everyone has their right. own kind of like, I call it the new shiny, right? It's like right. It's, you know, p- people will go front and center with something. They're like, Hey, you know, I have this. And when it comes down to it, everybody gets a listing. Everybody puts it out into a network. Everybody, I call right. them, you know, their aggregator sites, right? So you put it out right. on and whether it's MLS you know, which MLS really is just a way to get it on the Zillow. Maybe in my mind, right. that's right. Cause, cause MLSs are always going to be local, but you want that national exposure for something like everybody does those things, no matter what industry they're in. But what, what are some of the other things that you have found that really are beneficial to the client? I think video probably is my number one, because when I post a, even if I post a silly video with my kids to Facebook or I post a video of a, of a drone flying over a timber track, for example, as soon as I post it to the different social medias, the number of views is unbelievable. We were talking about this at summit last week, you know, you may only have two or three likes or anybody identifying themselves, but then you see the views, which you can't see if it's somebody hitting it over and over again or whatever. But I mean, I, I, I'll never forget posting a, a video of a, of a listing and it had like, 700 views in within six hours. I posted it maybe at like four in the afternoon and by 11 o'clock when I was going to bed, it had like 700 views. So I think video people watch video. I mean, you know, my, my wife watches reels like over and over and over again, you know, for hours and she's a bit very busy person, but reels even suck her in. And so I, I think the, the video is, is, is critical. I think our pe- people love looking at our land tour, 360s but i think those are probably the most important things to me yeah you mentioned land tour and that's one i i talk about how people have like the new shiny and 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 yeah. there is every every real estate agency whether it's residential land whatever is going to talk about something shiny like like yeah. we have a tv show we have yeah. you know we we have this great website we have so, so our company came up with Land Tour 360, which is a way to three-dimensionally tour a, a low-level photograph from a drone. 
And they they geo-coordinate that with property boundaries and points of interest, which is, you know, so far, I've seen people try to copy it so far, but so far our company has been the only way to pull, to pull it off. What yeah. it allows you to do is instead of looking at a Google map or, uh, you know, or uh, Google Earth to see the topo, you're just looking at the actual photo and you're able to zoom in, fly around, and you can zoom in the ground level and see what it looks like on the ground. Yeah. And the videos on the, it's a total 3D tour of a piece of land, which is is crazy, but it enables people to shop for this land from across the country. We've had several listings that have been sold sight unseen because they toured it virtually, right? That's right. Has How beneficial is that? I mean, because it's fancy, but like, let's be real. Has it worked for you? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, especially for Billy Hackworth uh, down in Southern Kentucky, I mean, he's done a great job with his, even I remember a couple months ago, he even had a small track, maybe five acres. And I kind of laughed that he did it, but he does them on all his listings and he gets his listings sold. And, uh, you know, even the, the five acre one, you know, had a lot of detail in it. He had the points of interest with photos. And I think there was a little stream that went through there. So he had a video of the stream and it's just, you know, you, you, you really get, it's, it's really sticky. I mean, people want to look through those. And even if you're not particularly interested in that area, I mean, you just can't help yourself, but, but look at those and the, and the points of interest in there. So he's done a fantastic job with his. Yeah. That's, uh, I think, uh, one of, we made an ad pitch and it was, it was not as effective as I wanted it to be, but I still thought it was valid was, uh, by, by utilizing the land tours, you're saving on a ton of gas when gas prices were shooting through the city. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't have to fly out here, drive around. You can just tour right. this online. Four dollars a gallon will keep you on your computer looking at looking at videos and land tours. Yeah, you got to do your diligence, or at least you know what you have to you have to want to know that it's really what you're looking for, and you can't tell that just from yeah. photos. You know, it's well, the, and there's I mean, and there's still no substitute for walking the walking the property and physically seeing it, but it sure does get you a long way there toward understanding what it's all about before you show up to ride on the side by side. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you too, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, what, what a land professional brings to the table. And, and so I guess that's a good way to just like put you on the spot, you know, on cue. It was like, what do, what do you, you know, not just you in particular, but you know, that's a, that's a good way to put it is like, what do you bring to the table as a, as a land professional? Well, I think, you know, I, I really care about, I mean, I really care about my clients. I used to say I treat my clients like family, but then I realized how many dysfunctional families there were out there. So I had to be careful with that, with that statement, but, but I, you know, I, I really, you know, I want the client to feel good coming out of the transaction. I want to, I want to add value to them. I want to do more than just stick a sign in the ground and put it on the, put it on the MLS. I want to market the property. I want them to, you know, know that I'm out there every day trying to, trying to sell their land. Um, you know, I, I look for different marketing angles. I mean, you know, I had one guy one time, he said, well, what are you going to do to mark? You know, you're doing all this cool national stuff and putting it on your website and all that, but what are you going to do locally? And I was like, well, I figured out that the local paper here in town comes out once a week and everybody reads it. So I'm going to put an ad in there. I don't normally, when I'm in Lexington, I don't put an ad in the paper because nobody reads the paper anymore, but here in, you know, XYZ Kentucky, they read this local paper for all the, you know, divorces and funerals and, and whatever else is in there. On that gossip. <laughs> yeah. You got to catch up on that gossip. So I'm going to put a nice ad 
in that paper and, you know, and, and, and I had some calls from it. So, you know, we just try to look at all the angles where the property, you know, you know, and it's about, you know, where are the, where are the eyeballs that are going to look at this property? That's, that's where you have to go from. You have to go from where the potential buyers are looking. Um, and we got, we got to get in the way of those buyers. So that's, that's how I look at it. And I, you know, I don't do anything the seller's not comfortable with, but I try to have a plan for them that's hopefully more impressive than who I'm competing against for the listing. So here's a question for you. And, and you mentioned the local marketing, and I think this is an important one for you know anybody looking to buy or sell. Uh, and it's probably sort of a leading question. So I'll set you up like that. How I need the layup. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll throw it. I got to catch you. Uh, yeah. No. And so how often do you see is, you know, when you're listing a transaction, when you're listing um, a chunk of land, you know, whether it be ranch or, or you know, whatever. Um, and I realize the larger scale, the listing, the more likely that the buyer is going to be, you know, outside of the state or even international, but yeah. a typical piece of land. How often do you see the transaction take place within the local area? Like it's a neighbor or just someone down the lane. Is, is it fairly often that it's that, or is it usually out of the area? Well, you know, with large tracks, I think you, cause I, I had a property listed out at Lake Barkley and the seller kept telling me the, the owner, the, the guy next door has been trying to buy it for years. So you need to contact him. So I did postcards to, I think the 200 closest landowners to him to cover my bases on that. I, you know, looking at our deal flow in Kentucky and what, you know, the closings we've had, I, I'd say we have more out of state than not, or if they're, you know, if they're buying a track in Eastern Kentucky, they're from Northern Kentucky up near Cincinnati, but they're not, they're not necessarily local. So, um, I, but I, I don't have stats on that, but I, yeah, I think it's more outside the area. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately in some of our more rural counties, you know, the economy, you know, the coal business has really hurt us. And so sometimes there aren't a lot of people close by that can, that can, that can swing by it. So. Ah, see, see, that's where the layup backfires. So I, I, I was moving off of it. There's, there's a lot of statistics out of, and it's especially more towards the Midwest um, where I see a lot of the land purchases are done by usually neighbors. It, and like, I, right. I always kind of joke that people, it, it, it surprises me not being in the mid Midwest and stuff. Like a lot of it, I, I, I joke that it's like kids trading Pokemon cards. It's like the way that people <laughs> swap land. And yeah. It, it, oh yeah. Well, a lot of land swapping out there. And I think, you know, and I've had lots of clients who are like, Oh, you know, Billy Bob down the road or, Sam down the road is, 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 has talked about buying it. And I was like, well, normally if they're serious about buying it, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll make a move on it before now. Um, and we still market to them. Uh, but sometimes the, I find that those don't come to come to fruition. We end up selling to someone further away. Right. Right. So as far as, you know, you've been working in your area for a while. Um, what are, what are some, you know, what are some things that landowners and sellers, buyers, uh, you know, either side of the deal, what are some things they should watch out for when, when working with somebody, when they, when they bring somebody to the table or when, they, when they're considering somebody, you know, like a lot of the times the, the relationship starts because of a referral, like, Hey, you need to work with this person. So there's an automatic level of trust there and trust. Yeah, there's no better level of trust than a referral. Right. So, so 
somebody has been referred to you as a buyer or a seller, what are some things that you should be looking for that could be red flags? Well, I think, you know, there are lots of scammers out in our world for everything now. So, you know, some of the online people you've kind of got to try to get on the phone or not just converse by email. There's a residential guy right now that's trying to get all the realtors in our area hooked up on Bitcoin, but he starts off saying, I want to buy a $3.2 million house and this and that, um, which of course gets everyone's, gets everyone's attention. But then, you know, he, he flips it to, you know, I want you know, have you ever thought about crypto and all that kind of oh, stuff? That's so I think you've got a, yeah, it's very cruel to realtors, but, um, so I think you've got to dig in on people and, and get to know them. Obviously you want to, you know, make sure that they are, have the pre-approval or are financially able to, to even, you know, to talk about the property. Um, and we have some sellers out there that are pretty suspicious. They're suspicious of us and they're suspicious of the buyers that are coming to, to look at their property. So, you know, we've got to raise their comfort level quickly, get, you know, and I have sellers that will ask me, well, what is, you know, Max coming to look at this property. What does he want to do with it? And I was like, you know, it's kind of, kind of none of your business, but you know, we'll, 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 we'll find that out. Um, so, you know, I, I think just digging in on both parties. Um, I've had some people call me that didn't even own the, the property. I mean, I, you know, they called and I wrote the address down and I pulled the tax record up and, you know, I couldn't even, couldn't even be talking to them because they weren't the owner. And, and a couple of times it's, you know, the tax records haven't been updated or something like that, but you know, I just think you, you've, you've got to dig on dig in on what the property is, what the, you know, who the people are. I think buyers need to take their time. I mean, I think I, I, I'm in no rush to push them through this transaction. You guys, you know, you want to get a soil study, you want to get a survey, let's do our due diligence and let's take our time with the due diligence. That's good for the seller. That's good for the buyer. When the, when everybody gets to the closing table, everybody feels, feels comfortable. So I think, I think that's probably the most important part. And, you know, digging it. And, you know, I try to answer a lot of questions through, you know, my, my listings on, on the website. I mean, I try to have a lot of information out there rather than the old school thing where I, you know, take away some information. So you have to call me, but, but I, you know, I think it's important to have lots. And then, and then if they, they have really good questions when they, when they call me and, and I certainly can help them dig in on that to make sure that we have the, have the right answers for them. But I, you know, I think finances, inspections or due diligence period are important. Um, and just, you know, making sure it's the place that you want to be. If you want to come out and walk it three times, let's do that. Let's, let's, let's take this slow. It doesn't, you know, some people are in such a rush to get to closing and, and I, you know, and of course, like we were talking about earlier, the residential side is 30 and 45 day closings and people can be in a real rush through that. But I, you know, I always want everybody to be comfortable when we get to the table. How do you identify a bad land agent? <laughs> well, you know, we, we, well, no, we let's say, how do I define it? I, maybe we should lean on the positive side. How do you identify the good ones? But I, I you know, I'm thinking from the, the, you know, the client perspective, how do I identify yeah. the person I'm, I'm talking to? Well, I think you, I think you ask them what your marketing plan is, what, you know, what's your general marketing program and what's your specific plan for this property. Cause I go into every listing appointment with a plan, you know, here's the general things that we do. And then here's some specific things that I know are going to work with your property that we're going to do. Um, you know, we, we always joke that, uh, there are agents that believe in the three P's, uh, 
put a sign in the yard, place it on the MLS and pray that it sells. And so we've got to, we've got to do better than that. And we, and we've got to do a lot better than that there are so many resources available to us, professional photography, drone video, land tour. I mean, there's just so much that we can do to really make a property shine. Even in Billy's case, when he had a, you know, five acre property, I think he just, he, I was so impressed with the job he did and, you know, and, and it ended up selling quickly. So. That's uh, there was a, so we just had our national convention for anybody listening that is not aware of, of that. And, and something I kept on saying that, that I feel like you just spoke to a lot of, uh, is you are who your resume says you are. And so one of the things that you can do is like, if you're, if you're trying to vet, you know, the land agent that you're working with, go look at their other listings or the, the other places that they've sold and make sure. So you, you mentioned specifically taking care of questions with the property description. Like, are they good property descriptions? Is there good photography? Are they doing drone videos? You know, somebody tells you they're going to dro- do a drone video on your listing and you go look at all the properties they have listed and there's no drone videos. Like you might be the first one they're doing. You don't know how good that's going to be. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things like that. Like people can make all the promises in the world, but what have they done in the past? Yeah. And I think it's interesting when I look back at my YouTube channel from a couple of years ago, there's still views coming through on the drone video of my life. I just do the, you know, we put the raw drone video up there with the, you know, with the logo and everything. And people are still looking that from that from, you know, four years ago. So those things do build a resume for you. And, and sellers are, they they are doing a lot. I mean, I've walked into listing appointments and they know everything about me. They know my bio, they know, you know, they, they, they know where I went to college. I mean, so people are really researching you now. So if you walk in unprepared, they're going to, they're going to run you over. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's the advantage and disadvantage nowadays of everyone being so technologically inclined. It's just right. <laughs> that anybody can, can virtually stalk you anywhere and figure out what yeah. you're it bothered me when he was quoting my credit score, but you know, it's whatever it takes to get the listing. So it could be good and bad, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that day it was up, so it was okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. So, for some behind-the-scenes sort of um, perspective, what goes into it when you when you acquire a new listing? And you were talking about the areas where. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the county records are just one person in a small building, like on state pay and they're, they're there. What do you do? Like, how do you get the information that you need to get about the people that don't know? Yeah. I've told my team to go and see the guys. So if the, you know, if, if they don't have a website with a lot of information, you gotta, you gotta knock on his door and, and go in and talk to him. We find that those guys in Kentucky, the PVAs are, great resources of information for us. Um, but they're usually stretched pretty thin just cause you know, they can be, and they've got lots of information to coordinate and, you know, try to get, get in the system. But we, we find going to see them and it's just like anything else. I, you know, if, if, if Mac, the seller is mad at me, you need to go see him. No, no text, no phone. And same with, with PVA and other, you know, local resources. I, I say go and see them and, and get the get the because people will tell you the real story in person usually. Yeah. So I mean, so you're going in there and you're saying, I've got this, I've got this parcel. Yeah. And and they we just go in there and say, Hey, we, you know, we, we we're getting this new listing. You may know about it. And we I mean we have a big one right now that I mean, my my Michael, my agent, you know, went in and talked to the guy and he had 
I mean, he's been the PVA in that county for a long time, and he had the whole backstory on it. And that really that really helped us with a lot of different things, both politically and you know, just being able to market the property and help answer answer buyers' question. But that guy had the whole history on it. So that was a valuable use of Michael's time to to walk in there and have a conversation. That and that's that's probably also good to know because you can get some of the county gossip like, okay, here's something you need to know if if there's a new buyer coming in, they can't put up a high fence on this side because yeah. the other yeah. neighbor will burn it down. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, those are those kind of you know, when we show up, we, we may not know that, but those are those nuances we can find out through through those conversations. That's a yeah, it's it's useful to know, especially especially for somebody looking at buying in a new area. You want to make sure to work with somebody who who actively knows, you know, to utilize those those county resources and yeah. you know, be able to find things. And I mentioned conveyances, yeah. too. You know, there could be things that the landowner thinks that they have that they really don't. And yeah. it's not in the paperwork. Well, or they're worried that they've lost their deed and they can't sell the property without their old deed. And it's not like a car title. So we usually have to settle them down on that. But yeah, um, I went to, I was, went to a courthouse down in uh, Southern Kentucky and they, it was the deed room and the marriage license room. So I was hearing some interesting conversations of people getting their marriage license and I was working on my deeds. It was hard to, it was hard to concentrate. That would be hard to concentrate. They would have there's a lot going on in that room. <laughs> oh yeah. There's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite an edgy, but the, again, the ladies in the deed room at most County courthouses also are very, uh, good resources of information. I mean, they, they know a lot of things too. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, well, Hey, so, you know, let's, let's say a, a buyer or a seller in your area wants to get a hold of you. How do they do that? What's the best, what's what area do you work, man? Uh, so I'm in, I'm in central Kentucky where Lexington is, and I mainly work, you know, kind of Lexington and the, and the surrounding counties. Uh, and we have, we have other members of my team that are in Northeast Kentucky, Louisville, uh, down South near Lake Cumberland. Uh, we're getting ready to get a guy in Eastern Kentucky. So we've, we've got kind of the two, two thirds of Eastern Kentucky, uh, well, well covered. And we love to, Love to work with you, but number is 859-312-7599 and T McCauley at nationallandrealty.com. And uh, what kind of, what kind of, do you have any special niches that you work in that might be unconventional or, uh, or what's your typical? <laughs> um, m mostly I would say, you know, recreational and timber is, is what I've kind of come to come to focus on, but we've done some, some farms and, and some commercial as well. I was really hoping you're going to say bourbon production. Well, I've, I've, I'm really trying to trying to break in there because that's obviously uh, <laughs> big money. But I've got you know, if you need a bottle of bourbon, I can usually find it because I've got some really good sourceless, highly placed. So if uh, if anybody needs help with that, I can use I can usually find what you need. I'm going to keep that number on hand on hand here. Yeah, please do. I'm always always glad to help you. <laughs> I can't say anything else other than that, but <laughs> glad, glad to help. We'll keep that under wraps. Yeah. Well, some of our, some of our local guys with a, a kind of a dusty bottle bourbon shop have, have just gotten in trouble. Apparently they're potentially involved in some counterfeit bourbon. So hopefully, hopefully it's not the case, but 
I random story because I don't we're trying to wrap this up, but I you just refreshed it in my mind and I have to say it now. Uh, I so along those lines, I just saw it, I'm I'm here in the West Coast and some uh, some Oregon state officials were utilizing their resources. They worked for the alcohol division and they were utilizing the people they knew to get a hold of bottles of Pappy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, some guys stole Pappy right out of the uh, Buffalo Trace and uh, they hid it under a tarp at the back of their house. So it didn't take them long to solve that caper. But yeah, there. I mean, some of these, like my friend was trying to find me a white weller the other day and he texted me back from his sources like, yeah, it's he's got one for $650. And I was like, ah. I'm get, I'm get, I'm gonna pass. I I think if my wife finds out about that one, that's probably over the over the credit limit for bottles of bourbon. But yeah, the the spousal compliance department is is uh, is a department yeah. one across. Yep. Yeah, she doesn't know what I've spent on bourbon, but I haven't really. I don't think I've gone over two hundred fifty a bottle. So <laughs> I'm hoping that it'll just continue to increase in growth. So. It's like art, right? You can invest in. It's like yeah, it's like the stock market. It is. Yes, just exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Trey, I appreciate it. It's always yeah. good to you, man. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Anytime, anytime. This concludes episode number 31 for the National Land Realty Podcast, discussing what land professionals bring to the table with Trey McCauley from Lexington, Kentucky. You can learn more about land ownership or the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com.